0: Lost Talk Radio. Hey, what's up? This is your homegirl Complex Angel, and I'm the vibe. And this your girl,
1: Com- I'm sorry, girl. This <laughs> is your girl, Queen K. I'm the <laughs> vision.
0: And welcome back to another episode of Queens with vibes and vision. So, Queen K, how was your week then?
1: Girl, if you can tell, I almost call myself Complex Angel. So, uh, <laughs> it's been a week. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. I am. I am tired, y'all. Oh, my God. Uh, I just realized how much I actually do in a week. Um, But I'm not going to (laughs) complain. It's been an eye-opener this week. Um, God has definitely um, gave me some epiphanies this week. Uh, He showed me what he wants me to do next. So I'm going to follow it. So I'm going to take this week as a blessing. Many blessings were learned. uh, And lessons were learned. So I'm thankful. Um, Yeah, can't complain. We, We good over here. How about you, Complex?
0: Uh, it's been an emotional week, but we pushing through. Um, I do apologize if y'all hear banging in the background. Uh, they are moving. Someone's moving, and, like, they're going up and down the stairs. My apartment is right by the steps. So if y'all do hear that in the background, I do apologize. But other than that, it's just been one of those weeks. Yeah, baby, I know. Didn't they say something about our moon or
1: something? And read something they said this, okay? this is throwing a lot of people off. Yeah, there we go. It's you. throwing a lot of people Thank off. You. We got to learn. We're going to need to learn lessons or, you know, we're going we gonna to stumble, but we're going to bounce back, y'all.
0: Hmm.
1: I'm praying Bless for you, you always, all. baby.
0: Thank you.
1: All right, y'all. Uh, without further ado, we're going to jump right into this show because we do have a guest coming on today. So I'm going to jump right into the A.O. King and Queen Coat for the week. Uh, Both of these quotes are sponsored by Pinterest. Um, The first one says, how you love yourself is how you treat others to love you. We have to remember that we set the example when we have people come into our lives, how we view ourselves and how we treat ourselves, just as long as how we love ourselves will show the next person how to do so. So we have to first learn to love ourselves properly first. I am learning that for myself. You are what you attract. So attract what you want. And the last one says, sometimes you need to forget how you feel and remember what you deserve. Now, I know when we let people go or things go, it makes us feel a certain type of way or we stay in our feelings and we're sad and, you know, we're feeling, you know, alone. But we have to remember that we deserve so much better and nine times out of ten if we have to let something or somebody go, it's for our good in return. So we just have to look at it as a blessing um in that 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 season right there, okay? So those are two things that I have been battling with. Um so that's why I decided to find some little inspirational pick me up. So those are the A.O. King and Queen quotes. All right, y'all, now I'm going to jump right into the clean case latest. All right, y'all, so this one, um, it is also by Pinterest as well. It's getting into these summer months. Ladies and gentlemen, uh, we want our lips to be kissable if we plan on kissing anybody. I don't care if it's your kids. They don't want to be scraped with sandpaper, so... <laughs> Uh, what we need to do, uh, a little remedy that I've seen for dry lips is first make your own uh, scrub. It's really inexpensive. You can use your kitchen ingredients. All you need is some sugar, maybe a little lemon juice, and some honey. You just saturate the uh, the sugar enough with the honey and the lemon juice till you get that gritty texture and rub it on your lips. Then after that, you're going to let that sit for about five to ten minutes. Then you're going to wash it off with warm water. Then you are going to put some Vaseline or some vitamin E oil on your lips and, ta-da, kissable soft baby lips. That is my way tip for this week. Now, That's without further day. ado.
0: Sugar scrub for lips.
1: Yeah, yeah, baby girl. Girl, girl, Yes, yeah. You can use a sugar scrub. You can even I'm going to tell you all about how to use sugar for waxing on the next episode, <laughs> so look out for that too. But, yes, girl, I love the stuff you got. Baby, you can make your own at home, inexpensive. I'm telling you. But uh, yeah. that is my slay tip. Now we're going to jump right into the sipping tea for the soul complex. You going to get our guest on? Uh,
0: I told her to call up at 705. I'm texting her right now to let her, because I know we usually end the uh, slay tips by then, but I just told her she could call up. This is about to be a definitely good topic. She said that she was very excited. Uh, here she goes. Um, but, well, no, that's not her. I don't know. I see a 610, six but I don't know if that's her because okay. it's not like the last four digits, doesn't But, no, she said she's definitely excited about this. Um, I asked her whether the question is uncomfortable, she said no. This is a topic that needs to be talked about. I'm just laughing because my co-host, DC, when I read it to him, he was like, oh, y'all got that. Y'all can have that. <laughs> oh, <laughs> that is her. Okay.
1: <laughs> All right. I'm about
0: to you that this is her.
1: Okay.
0: Hey, mamas, how are you?
1: Hey, how you guys doing? Good. Good. I
0: didn't know. Yeah, I know.
1: I'm like, yeah, I'm calling from my better phone. You know how you have one that's really good? (laughs) I'm calling from my better phone, but I'm like, let me send her a text and let her know it's me. But I'm doing well tonight. Okay,
0: okay. All right. uh, Well, let's get started. Are y'all ready to step on some toes? Oh, I'm sorry. Thank you. No, no, you're fine. No, you, you look. Like, we got it. Look, I'm gonna tell you exactly what the tipping tee for this whole topic is. But the stuff on toast tonight, y'all. we are talking about she's too fab. <laughs> and um, we have our lovely guest, Mama's on. Um, she's gonna talk about her business later on in the show, but I wanted to bring Mama's on is because um, as women, you don't really, you 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 kind of, it's very taboo to see a woman that's very comfortable with talking about sex. That's something that we're supposed mm-hmm. to be quiet about, that we're not supposed to talk about. And, you know, like I just told mamas, like, I want to bring you on for this topic. So I'm going to just go into my first mm-hmm. question. My aspect is called harsh reality. Um, in an article about the effects, it was called the effects of trauma from growing up too uh, They were talking about this term in there called role reversal. Uh, this is where caregivers assign their role onto a child, where the child has to take care of the caregiver and everyone else in the house. Do you think this plays a part in a child seeming wiser beyond their years where they feel they are mentally old enough to talk to a man who gives them attention? And Mama, will oh. let you answer first. <laughs> All right.
1: So I definitely feel like um, in our culture it does play a part, but specifically mm-hmm. for um, females, you know. So I feel like in our, you know, culture, our society, people of color, we um, – we force their motherhood role on females, right, and then we yes. protect, we protect the boys and we coddle them, and we don't force them to face their same reality so then mm. you, you know you have these young ladies grow up, you have these young men grow up, and the young ladies feel um they feel like they're in tune with these older men, and the older men feel in tune with these younger ladies, and it's almost a setup from from birth because we're teaching these young girls and moms, so but we're teaching these, these young boys to never grow up and be men. So even when they're, you know, 40-something, they're still, you know, they're identifying with 18-year-old girls because you set it up. Mm-hmm. That's my opinion. Yeah,
0: mm-hmm. no, so listen, you ain't never lied.
1: <laughs> you ain't never lied. What's your take on the Queen I definitely feel like that is... is is very true. I agree with everything mama said. I feel like once you give them that adult role as to caring for their younger siblings, um, then you put in our heads, okay, well, I'm grown. We're on the same playing field. If I'm caring for them just like you caring for them, we're we're on equal playing field. I'm a mama just like you. So that I feel like we carry on that mindset as we get older. And that's why we attract an older set you know, a older age man, because they're like, oh, she's very mature for her age, we, and, but they don't realize yep. it because we've been a mother in our young age. Um, okay. I do feel like it's robbing our childhood as well, making our younger girl, like she said, making the girls care for the the, the, uh, the younger siblings and you let the boys be the babies and we coddle them. Um, mm-hmm. I, had a, I had a situation like this with my youngest son where um, – my kid's father, he was just calling on the oldest daughter a lot and I'm like, Wait a minute now, we her parents. Yeah. I, we shouldn't be calling her, let her be a kid, let her stay over there. No, I saw yeah. way she can take care she can help take care of her little No, no, it's a difference from, Oh, can I take him or can I you know, can I feed him or can I change him to no, you go do it or that's the first name you call and we're laying right there. No. That's going to make yeah. her feel like she's on an evil, even playing field with us, and that's going to blur the lines of who's the parent and who's the child.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah. Man, what y'all are saying, like, this really hits close to home because reading the article, this, this was my life. You know what I'm saying? Like, I was forced to watch, you know, my younger cousin because his mom was out in the street. She had a drug addiction, and mm-hmm. my mom was deprived of her childhood, so you know, when you get to part of your childhood, that junk comes out in your adulthood. So she like, hey, I'm about to live life. Tasha, you got him? And it's like mm-hmm. for the longest time I would be frustrated because I'm like, here I am. Like, say, like, my, my, my co-host, Clean K, can tell you, mama, we to just be we a 16. There'll be be mm-hmm. like, hey, Tasha, you want to go to the movies? I can't because I'm stuck babysitting. Like, the frustration oh. behind it, like, I'm mm-hmm. I'm stuck with a child that I didn't even lay down and have. And I just think I'm that, yes. And I just think that parents get into this habit of my child owes me. My child mm-hmm. owes me, and, you know, I'm like they, they they like, you know, they basically leave it up to you because it's like I'm not ready for it. But it does deprive yeah. you it, it, it deprives you of your childhood, but at the same time it does shift to where you feel like, Well, I am grown because right. I was real mature, I was overdeveloped to where guys was trying to talk to me and I would tell them no, I'm not 15. I'm really about to be 13. Cause I know, like, I know there's mm-hmm. some females out there who will lie about their age. But I just feel like mm-hmm. in conversation, your age is gonna come out. But guys would still be like, "Well, I can mm-hmm. pretend like I'm 14," and they'll be like 18, 19. So that goes into my next question. Mm-hmm. Who's mm-hmm. really at fault in that situation? The young girl giving the man attention, or the young, or the man looking in that young girl's direction?
1: <laughs> um, so my <laughs> So my opinion might differ from most. Um, Mm -hmm. I don't know if anybody is at fault. So I'm definitely not going to place blame on a female um, who was trained to feel like she was grown, was given the responsibilities of an adult. Um, You Mm -hmm. know, we've all, most of us are are overdeveloped for our age. Um, So you're walking around with a grown woman body, with grown woman responsibilities, forced to think kind of like a grown woman because... That's the situation. That's how the world is dealing with. That's that's the reciprocation that you're getting when you step out your door. Period. Even in your home, that's yeah. what you're getting. So. Um, in your head, you believe you are grown. Um, and as for the man, so you know there is. I have very you know like there's stipulations for what I'm about to say, but in general, mm-hmm. it comes to that coddling of the male and that immaturity. So that is also what has been mm. in the of him. This thing where he feels like he's not gone. he doesn't have to take responsibility for certain things. Um, He don't have to grow up. Uh, So he really, I I find, you know, because when I was younger, I talked to older guys, and you know, I'm disgusted by it as an adult now. But even when I think back on it, I still was running circles around these grown men as a teen because I was literally more mature than them. And Mm. so I I say, who's at fault? I don't know if any – I think society is at fault. I think the way we raising these kids is at fault because even these mm-hmm. grown men, when we talking about – you know, I'm not talking about a 40-year-old and an 18-year-old, but I'm talking about more when it's just like, you know, he's 23 and he's 17 or whatever. Um, mm-hmm. You know, they really don't feel like they're at fault, and are they? Because they really act like children because we've taught them to do so. So their age right. is, is trying to go to the liaison song is a number. They are mentally not twenty three or twenty five or forty sometimes Mentally they are still younger than these teenage girls in some cases and right. and as an right. adult even being discussed with it um disgusted with the situation, I feel I'm able to see that he really ain't taking advantage of her because he's really um low in his in his mentality is not developed he's not a he's not a grown man. Me and this grown man, yes. we might be the same age and we'll have zero things in common. Yeah. So, you know, so when we talk about fault, I, I mean, I don't know. I think the fault kind of goes to, you know, we got to dig a little deeper than that's the, the individual person. Yeah, uh, that's hard Girl, she's <laughs> fault the truth because that's, that's where I was about to go with this. Like, I feel like it's nobody at fault but society. It's, it's us as a whole. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. needed to be mm-hmm. raised better. I feel like it stems from how they were raised and how their parents were raised because it's just mm-hmm. a pattern, and it keeps on repeating itself. If we continue to coddle mm-hmm. these boys, of course, they'll never grow up mentally, you know, and then these girls, we already set them up to be grown before their years, and then we want to say, yeah. oh, well, she's too mm-hmm. fast or she's too sassy, but yeah, it's too, yeah. or it's helpful when we need it. So, right. yeah, it, it all falls back on how everybody was raised. I feel like we are at fault. People, that's it.
0: Yeah.
1: Wow. So my perspective
0: that? is... A... Oh, I'm sorry, keep going. Mama? No, I was just saying she said that. Oh. She's
1: speaking true. Yeah, oh, okay. Ahead.
0: I'm sorry. No, no, you're fine. Um, my perspective is a little bit different from y'all, but I definitely agree with y'all. I think it's because I was gullible. I was sheltered growing up. Like, my grandmother um took a part in raising me my sister and my cousin and she basically enabled us to where we didn't see what the struggle was like so it's like mm-hmm. i was going through life like you know oh like life is just black and white there's no grade to it and older guys i talked to older guys before and i feel like they could be at fault in a sense because they knew they knew what they were doing like like they they were very mm-hmm. controlling When it came to me, and they would even say, that's that young shit, Mm -hmm. whenever I did, something that they didn't like. And I was like, I told Mm -hmm. you from the get-go that I was Mm -hmm. like only this age, and you chose to still talk to me. Now you want to nitpick with it? I think Mm -hmm. it's that they know in their mind, I'm not mature enough to talk to somebody my age, but I could get someone that is younger that's not even thinking on this level. You get mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Like, like, like they're, they're not even thinking on this level yet to even to where I got to be, to where I have to be on my shit. You know, like, if I talk right. to somebody like that's right. 22 or 19 or anything like that, and I'm, like, 38, she ain't going to be asking me about my long-term goals. I still got time, right. but I can control her. Or you're I can train her. Yes. Or your credit. Right. You're going to be thinking about that.
1: <laughs> right.
0: <laughs> so, no, I fully me, what, agree with, with you, you
1: on that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: But you did open my eyes to something, though, because they have been coddled, and we got we got to strip age away from it. Age is nothing but a number off the real stuff. It all depends on the background. So thank you, ladies, yeah. for answering that. Um, my next question is, um, have you ever been around someone who felt uncomfortable with you being around their man when you were a kid? Hmm.
1: So I'm going to say I, I don't identify with this scenario, not that I can recall. Okay. Um, okay. And, you know, maybe I was oblivious because I was young, so I was always, you know, built more maturely than my age. Um, and I was always, I guess they was called sad because I didn't care what I put on and I was,
0: you know, <laughs> loud and
1: rowdy. I was me. I was always very comfortable with me and me, but I think in that being comfortable, I probably did not notice people's reactions to me. Mm-hmm. So I'm gonna say with this one I'm I'm gonna have to buy all on the answer because I don't recall somebody being uncomfortable with me being around them gotcha. as as a team. Not respected. Um, with me, I would say uh, a few of my aunts, but it mm-hmm. I, okay. So to me, I didn't even realize it. to talk in the complex, and I was just like, well, mm-hmm. I, I was like, I was in my team, so that and she was like, no. They still felt uncomfortable with you, and there was nothing that you were doing. You were still a child, oh. and then, and I was. I was still in high school. I didn't tell my body to develop the way it did. Hell, to oh, me, right. I thought I was out of shape, and you know. But I would get critiqued a lot. Like, why would you put that on? It's grown man here. or That skirt is too short for you um, to have mm-hmm. on. Or. Those shorts are too tight. Why would you buy something like yeah. that? Or why would your mama let you buy stuff Whoa, first off, I'm buying this stuff with my own money. Uh My mother's mm-hmm. not saying anything about it. So uh-huh. what is the issue? Then I later found out it was probably because I was being looked at by their boyfriend. Uh-huh. Um. So it was just like, how is that my fault? I'm just wearing right. what I would normally wear. Because if it came to point in time where I would wear this around my aunt, they wouldn't say anything, but soon as their significant other came around is okay. when the problem, the problem came. And I've actually okay. got into it with one of my aunts before, and I was kicked out of her house, but it, I thought it was, I didn't, I really didn't even know what the problem was, but then I later found out it was because of how I was dressing. But when complex, you know, I didn't dress fast. I just, I. I tried. Right. That was it. it was, you did the training yeah. thing. Right. You did something. Yeah, I, 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 I thought I was doing something.
0: So this actually hits close to home. I, my my mom was uncomfortable with me around her, her boyfriend at seven. And I remember as a uh, teenager. Um, the first time I was seven, uh, you know, every boyfriend that she ever had, I was supposed to love them like a father figure, right? So mm-hmm. I used to watch the Cosby shows growing up. And, you know, they, they the daughters always sit in their dad's lap and say, Daddy, I love you. Me sitting on their mm-hmm. lap, I would get yelled at, you don't do that. Or I remember one time um, they were sitting on the porch and I was trying to get through so I could go to the store with my sister and, um, because my sister was, like, four years older than me. So, like, when I was seven, she was 11. And my mom was pissed because I was standing
1: mm-hmm.
0: above, uh, uh, like, next to her man and I had shorts on. And she felt some type Um. of way I didn't understand. And I remember, um, fast forward to like 13, 14, I remember whenever she used to go to work, I would sit in her room and I would watch, you know, B2K, House of Blues. I was a B2K fan. So at the time, Mm -hmm. you know, her boyfriend had came home and I was like, "Um, I could leave. And he was like, Ma, you were watching this. I don't want to bother you. I'll wait till it's finished. He had just got off work. Consider him like a father figure. And my Hmm. mom came home. And like, you know, I was sitting in the chair, her boyfriend was laying on the bed, he was fully clothed and everything, he was watching the B2K stuff with me, and as soon as like, you know, she came in, she had an instant attitude, it was like, go to your room. So I went to my room, she came in there and yelled at me, talking about something, next time my boyfriend's in there, you fucking leave out the room. And uh-huh. it just makes me think like, why are you so uncomfortable with your daughter being around a man? shouldn't you be uncomfortable with them being around me like i, I just yeah. never understood it i just i just never understood well, that's, it that's definitely
1: but I, a cycle of like um i don't want to say yes. poor parents, but i think like poor um information you know poor, you know that's a that's a scar of like trauma for for sure your mom wasn't responding yes. like a mother um so right. something she, she how her prompted her to respond with that same pain and trauma and that insecurity part. but that's it wasn't motherly it wasn't nurturing that wasn't you know that didn't yes. come from my mother's place, um, right? So you know that's just like the cycles, like you know. Um, I think you see mentioned that it's just cycles. It's just things that you've been through that cause mm-hmm. you to act the way that you act, and um, right. It's unfortunate. It, that is that's that's direly unfortunate.
0: Yeah, but yeah. And, and it's no shade to her because, like you said, like she. She didn't like. She didn't get everything poured into her as a young girl, and I think that yeah. when we go, when we grow up, and we have kids, and we didn't get everything poured into us, it's hard for us to pour that into our daughters. Because I remember, you know, mm-hmm. Queen K has said on one of our episodes before, when you have a daughter, it's like re-raising yourself all over again.
1: And if you mm-hmm. didn't get the proper yeah.
0: resources, like how can I pour into you? So that ties mm-hmm. into my last question: um, Do you think a mother gets so envious of their child down to the core of the man they are with, looking at their daughter in a sexual way, like? Do you think it's like like you said, like you can go further into it about the trauma, like mm-hmm. do you think because of what they
1: didn't get in their childhood this is why they can be jealous of the child? Well, um, I definitely think that mothers can be envious of their daughters and definitely in this mm-hmm. aspect. That has not been my personal experience. Um, I I can say that, you know, when you when you put this topic out to me, I do have a lot to verbalize about it. Um, from my previous mm-hmm. line of work, I've seen a lot of different things, um, you know, doing social work, I didn't grow up um, that way. You know, I didn't have those okay. those, um, those challenges, you know. My mom was super, um, and, and she failed in a lot of other ways, but when it came to um, men and me, she was very mm-hmm. overprotective. Um, she wanted to know, did I feel uncomfortable? Did he look, you know, did right. he look at you any kind of way? Very, very not to have a bunch of different, um, different guys. You know, my stepdad was my stepdad from, like, six to, you know, 35 or something like that, even when she was miserable because she didn't want to bring a bunch of different, so that's a whole different set of trauma, but because she didn't want to bring a new man home, <laughs> you know what I'm saying, so, you know, we go through yeah. things differently, mm-hmm. but that was not my experience, you know, I've seen different family members um, go through that where their mom, like, literally will turn a blind eye to, um their mate looking at their child, touching their child, being convicted and going to jail behind their child, yeah. um, and still act like he didn't do nothing. Um, oh, mm-hmm. I've seen it in, in my line of work where you know, and I'll give this concrete example because I feel like, you know, it was just crazy to me. It was baffling to me, you know, when I was doing um, foster care and I had to bring a baby girl to see her mom in in her home for a supervised visit. So anybody that's Knows what I'm talking about. Basically, when the kids get taken from you, you have to, like, you know, make sure they keep a connection with their family, right? So kind mm-hmm. of figure out if they're going back home or, you know, what's going to happen with them. So this child was 13 years old. And then I mean, she was a child, but she had a baby, a newborn. This newborn mm-hmm. was her stepfather's child. Mm-hmm. Um, and anyway, I had to take this child, because she was a child with her newborn, to her mother's home to visit because that's protocol. You try to maintain family connections. Okay, so they said okay, she can visit in her mom's home. He's locked, He's locked up. So first day we go there for the family visit with the newborn. We got the newborn. We got the you know I have my teenage client. The mom has a gazillion pictures of the racist posted across her living room. Um, so I let mom know. Um, the pictures have to come down, or we won't be back. Your visit's will be a okay. Right. okay, so she took them down. Mind do you, not that a gazillion, but it was at least seven in the living room. We only in the living room. Um, okay. So she takes them down for the visit. We come back next week for the same visit. I've already told her. I've already made it clear. So we walk mm-hmm. in the house. Me, me, baby girl, and her baby girl, that she's forced to raise. Um, and the pictures are back. They up. And I said, baby girl, I'm sorry, but your visit is over for today. And we walked right back out the door. So I've mm. seen it in action. And, you know, so once I had her safely in the car with her with her newborn, I went back in. and I let mom know where her visit was ended and tried to find out where her logic was at. You know, what, what are you thinking? Why are, these mm-hmm. pictures, why are these pictures back up after I talked right. to you last month? Well, she didn't get pregnant from, from him. It, DNA proved it was his baby. Now, mind you, we already passed that point. I said, so I, that's what right. I said to mom. Well, DNA proves that this is his child. She got in the bed after we had sex, and his and his semen was on the sheet. So this mom uh. was so far gone um, wow. um, that she felt like her daughter had got pregnant from confirmed that was on the sheet. I mean, and, of course, it's a fabricated, made-up logic that she felt she needed to protect whatever she needed to protect in herself. Um, with, yeah. But I say that to say that these moms can be, whether it's envy or um, just so insecure that they can't identify their role as a mom, that they can't yes. they can't treat their child as a child, as their child, not even as a child, as mm-hmm. their child. They can't do it. It's something that's in them that makes it incompatible. It just doesn't work. And this mom looked at me with a straight face and said it. So I know that this exists. Though I did not experience it yeah. myself, that 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 outside of family matters that took place, that concluded for me that these parents can be so far gone and so far in their own trauma that they can't even see their children as children. So I know that that envy does. Yes. Happen. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Oh, thank you for sharing. Listen.
1: Big up to you. I'm a social worker too, but I'm not in the foster care. Ooh,
0: I took my head off. Mm. <laughs> Girl, that man. was a mess. <laughs> mm. It was Yo. a mess.
1: You know it was a mess. <laughs> <laughs> man. Wow. Um, I can't say that I personally uh have experiences either, but I have definitely seen it before. Um, I work mm-hmm. in child care, so, I, mm-hmm. you know, I'm a teacher. So, of course, I and yep. I work with older kids as well as younger kids. Like, we work from ages six weeks all the way up to 15 years old. So okay. I've definitely seen parents envious of their daughters, especially when their daughters uh, start filling out. Um, I've mm-hmm. seen mothers upset with their babies just because they got a better shape than them. But these girls didn't ask for this. It's all the stuff that we feed them, you know. Um, right. <laughs> mm-hmm. But yeah, I've, I've definitely, definitely seen it, and I do know that it is possible a mother can, you know, be envious of her daughter simply because they didn't get that childhood or they didn't get to experience that. Like we have so much more open to us now in this generation that they didn't have so of course they see them you know what they think is living the best life they want that so they get jealous jealousy is a thing that everybody can get and it does not matter if it's your child or not you know if it's something that you that you wanted and something that you felt like you were deprived of of course you're going to yes. be envious and I think that mm-hmm. it, it, it's it's a lot of the modernizing of the world that makes a lot of these mothers today jealous of their daughters or want to become their daughter's best friend instead of their mother. Because I know, like, mm-hmm. on TikTok, I see a lot of mothers um, either dressing like their daughters or claiming that they're their best friends. Like, I mm-hmm. feel like you cannot do that. As a mother, you mm-hmm. cannot do that. You have to know, ah, look, I'm your mom. You're my daughter. Yes, you can come to me with anything. But when you – Tell your daughter, oh, that's my best friend and I got her back. You can't do that because then she's going to treat you like a best friend. Then that's where the disrespect comes in. But Um, she's not going to see it that way because this is how her and her friend talk. Then you want that mother role to come out. So I really feel like a lot of the time, well, a a lot of the jealous ways have to do with the way that the mother was raised. If she didn't have a good childhood and her daughter does, of course she's going to feel some type of way. Um, True.
0: Thank you, ladies. I, I kind of summed it up. I kind of answered before y'all did, so I'm going to let you go into your aspect, in case. okay,
1: Okay. Um, my aspect is society, um, uh, society slash media. So my first question is, do you think society has an impact on how fast our young girls are growing up? Mm. It's on me first? Yes. yes. <laughs> oh, for sure. Like, I hate social media. I hate social media for that exact reason. Um, and yes, I'm on social media. It's like the new way you got to market stuff or, you know. Yeah. But I feel like social media has an impact on how fast everyone is growing. This is the problem. Yeah. Social media makes everything seem like it happens instantaneously. So even for mm. our young girls, we're talking about, um, you know, just the things that they want to experience. They are looking at these false narratives um, posted in their face. They don't have the backstory on them. Um, yeah, mm-hmm. But they want to portray that same thing that they're seeing, right? And that's the issue. So social media society has a definite impact on how fast our kids are growing, but I still go back to parenting. Um, yeah. You know, I have a teenage daughter. I have a teenage son. I have I have two sets of twins. So I have two a teenage son and a teenage daughter, and I have two six okay. year old boys. Um, so with this conversation, um, I feel like there is a fine line between um, parentifying and shedding responsibility, right? Mm-hmm. And you definitely have to give your kids a sense of responsibility. And my teenagers that are the same exact age, boy and girl. With the same amount of responsibility, and I ain't gonna lie, my daughter does a lot of it. She is, is you know, it's something about the womanhood we can just organize and move faster. But he's not held yeah. to a different standard of that. Um, <laughs> right. I'm still, you feel expected to do what I what I have of you. Um, so that that goes back to parenting, and I say that to relate to social media. You can't block what your kids see. So they gonna see exactly. everything in today's society, <laughs> not just on social media. They see it even in cartoons, animated shows yes. that feel like out of pocket, right? Right. Yes. So you, it's nothing you can do to shelter your kids at this point unless you would refrain. You would ha- you would have to homeschool them and not let them um, watch TV or listen to the radio, right? So they would have
0: <laughs> to put mm-hmm. a hermit
1: Amish in the house. Nothing you can do. Yes. So when you know that these outside factors are present, you have to be um, unbrainwashing your kids on a, day, a daily basis. You have to talk transparently oh, to your children. You have to let them know um, the things that you see aren't aren't real. Under no, and they aren't real. It's a snapshot of a moment um, in time that's probably inaccurate. She's probably standing in front of somebody else's car. Wearing her girlfriend shorts, mm-hmm. where you know you you don't know what the backdrop is, but I so I feel like social media has a big impact on these girls feeling like they gotta be the flyest, the hottest, do the you know do yes. the most, do the most, have the best body. Like that body stuff irks, stuff, irks me beyond belief. Like I hate <laughs> the, the fake body stuff because that's not what people look yes. like. Period. That's not what we look mm-hmm. like. So. I feel like, yes, social media plays a part, society plays a part, because you see the men falling all over, the fake bodies, and, you know, this fake everything. But as a mm-hmm. parent or an old kid or whatever young girl you might have in your life, that's your responsibility to check in and say, like, I'm real. I'm a real person. I'm a real yeah. woman. This is how it really goes. Yeah. This is what this is probably really going through. Or how would you feel yeah. if, if a man only wanted to know what was in between your legs and he had no desire to know what you thought or how you felt or how you spoke. So you, you have to have those real life conversations with um with teenage girls so that social media and society don't take over.
0: Mm-hmm. Man, that's part. True. Everything that she just said, I agree with. You know, like um, I know, I know you have a question later on about social media, but it is easy for kids to access stuff. Like, even when I was a teen, yeah. you know, if I wanted to go on Pornhub, it was nothing to lie mm-hmm. and say, yes, I'm 18. Like, they don't even ask for your birthday no more. Girl, um, I don't I, I having... know how
1: old y'all are, but we had channel <laughs> 77, 78 on cable. We go right on there. It was no, it was no parental uh, guidance needed for that. It was no questions <laughs> asked. You just tear to the channel.
0: <laughs> yes, I'm telling you. My nephew one time, when he was, like, 10 years old, he knew what a condom was. And I'm like, how you know what that is? Oh, they got the condom challenge. You know,
1: YouTube.
0: Um, we think um, YouTube is friendly, kids friendly, but it's not. You know what saying? No. No, like, it is I'm saying? Like, I'm yeah. like, yeah. He was like, he was like, you can just go on YouTube and type in the challenges, and then TikTok just made it even. I don't know. I, I'm not on TikTok. I don't know if it's more kids friendly and everything, but it, mm-hmm. we, we, we none we, of this. Stuff and is I'm, like I'm kid not.
1: Friendly.
0: Right. I'm not saying this to bash any parents out there. Please. But it's our fault because we put the technology in their face, you know what I'm saying, mm-hmm. to keep them quiet. Mm-hmm. And we don't realize how much they can get into. You know, like one time I literally had a heart attack because my nephew, I think he was like 11 at the time, and he was following Cardi B on on Instagram. And I'm like, okay, I listen to her. But, but she don't <laughs> rap about what you can listen to. Mm. And it's like, how the hell did you – I can't be mad at you because I know – Y'all remember we used to read Coldest Winter Ever and Fly Girl back in the day. Yeah. Like, mm-hmm. it's, like, sure. oh, yeah. <laughs> it's just more accessible. That's my take on it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, But I feel um, like stories like
1: that, Coldest Winter Ever, and mm-hmm. I tried to get my daughter to read that because I felt like, yeah, it was it was fast, it was wild, it was a girl, you know, out of control, but it was like lessons in there, right? So, yeah, sure. true. True. You know, this this social media uh, area don't it don't show the life lessons in it. It don't show what comes after that. That's the problem. Yes, that's the part right there, and. I agree with everything both of you just said. Um, I am guilty of being a mom and letting my daughter and son on social media. I have a 11-year-old and a soon-to-be 10-year-old. And they are, but what I do do is I let them both know. One is monitor. I go through their phones by clockwork, first off. I want to mm. know what you're watching, who following you, who you're following back, who you messaging. What you looking up on the internet? All of that stuff. Like, I'm that type of parent. So um, mm-hmm. with them, I also let my daughter know, like, yeah, that's cute and all, but you do know that ain't real. You know, mm-hmm. you you got to kind of have those talks with her and kind of see where her yeah. head at because they're at an impressionable age where they want to try everything. Yes. They want to be the it girl. So you just got to let them know. Baby, you popping what I said. Like, I make sure if I don't do nothing else, I, I, I speak positivity into my kids. I yell at them. I do, but I'm also, look, you are beautiful just the way you are. Because, you know, social media, it creates this image of what beauty is, and my daughter probably feels like she's far from it because of her darker skin. Like, she was already uh-huh. being picked with, with her darker skin and her natural hair. But I had to make sure, I mean, you know, I had to let her know, just because that's what society is saying is beautiful, they don't know what beauty is. Everybody is right. a yeah. different different definition to everybody and you need to understand mm-hmm. that you are beautiful. So I make sure I just pour into her. I know that because I got caught up on TikTok. At first I do feel like these sites were targeted for teens but then adults start taking over. That's what we do. Yeah. You know? Even like with a teen birthday party it becomes an adult yep. party after a certain time. So that's kind of how social media stuff go, and I'm telling you, TikTok is addictive. I have been on there till like three o'clock in the morning. I am not proud to Are say that. Are you serious, but girl? It's addictive. Because it gives you a lot of. Oh, okay, because so, I see, I be trying to do it for work and I can't get with it. I said this is tedious. <laughs> you can look up anything. When I tell you oh, they have, cause I'm I'm I love DIY projects and girl that's all uh, I be on. Like it'd be so many okay. DIY projects for your room, your house. Oh yeah, well, now I to understand it. So you're properly. not making the TikToks, you looking at them. Oh no, baby, no, I don't make no TikToks. <laughs> okay, oh, oh, <laughs> <baby> you're <laughs> looking at them. I can understand I that. Okay, now look at them. That's a level old hit I'm talking about. Okay, yes, I understand that. Yeah, no, no, <laughs> I, I just look at. Them. I can't work it right now. I don't know what to do. With my daughter to be like, come on, ma. No, nah, baby, it's too many dance steps for me. That's it. <laughs> but, um, Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Looking like you ain't got yeah, no rhythm. Okay. I said, girl, I don't know Girl, I'm doing telling you. Dancing. Thank you. At one point, I thought I could dance, but this is showing me that I really don't have no rhythm. you yeah. we got right. rhythm. That's not no dancing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay, my second question is, okay, so I actually read an article that stated black girls are never given the chance to be innocent because when they are toddlers society already starts the process of adultification. what is your outlook on that hmm. i feel like it does have to hold truth to it um and i probably going to sound like a broken record but i feel like it's just about the parents it is society is going to give you what they got and it's never going to mm-hmm. be but it's up to you to undo all of it on a daily basis. Um yeah. with your daughters, your sons or whoever else that you love. You have to um build a, a, a fort of of love, honesty and communication with especially with your daughter. So, yes, yeah. see, I don't know about as toddlers, but I do feel like just a little bit above that. You know, we start telling the girls, you know, oh, you know, that's fresh. Um, don't mm-hmm. be moving like that. Um you know, et cetera, et cetera, and I feel like you know we know what's out there in society, so we know it's predators, we know it's rapists, we know it's you know not everybody don't mean well, so we, I right. feel like we have to stop we have to change the message from telling that they're telling the little girls there's something wrong with their actions um and letting them know this these are the type of people in the world. So, right. uh, mm-hmm. you know, for my daughter, you know, when she was younger, and she was, and she was a, a girl that didn't have a whole lot of body. She was still, small, she was a small girl. But I said, you know, we don't, you don't dance in the middle of the street or on corners, you know, if we're waiting for a bus or whatever. Mm-hmm. You don't do that. And but I explained to her why you don't. Do that. Nothing mm-hmm. wrong with your actions. You just don't do it here because this is the type of people that exist in the world. Yeah. Um, yes. So it's it's just about a level of transparency and letting them know yes. that it's nothing wrong with the dancing and the tick tocking and it's nothing wrong. We are naturally um vibrational rhythmic people. That's what we do. Uh, you know. And if these same dances were done in Africa, um, mm-hmm. it would be nothing sexual noted about it. So that's what one that's an American right. thing, right? So I always, you know, I don't never try to make the girls feel bad for having rhythm or moving their hips. Honestly, your hips are just another part of your body. Who made it sexual? Did the little girl? Exactly. Who made that sexual? Is she thinking about sex when she's doing it? Is she trying to entice somebody when she's doing it? Then it's not sexual. So I feel like transparency is the key. So you explain to the younger girls why we don't do that in certain environments how other people Mm -hmm. see it. And then you you educate them and let them make informed decisions. But do do I think society gives that all to them all the time? Um, You can't do anything. You can't jump rope without it being sexual. Mm -hmm. But here's the thing. Mm -hmm. We are naturally endowed, and in any country other than here, it wouldn't be advertised as sexual. (laughs) It's just, you know. Mm -hmm. It's is yeah, girls, being, just, is, is teenagers being teenagers, kids being kids. So um, I think just yeah. informing your daughters or even your sons of what type of other people exist and what type of, you know, and yes. not just in them, but you got to educate them and you got to educate them at a young age. And it's sad, but you do um, just so they can make informed decisions. But so, yeah, I feel like right after toddler age, maybe like four, they start, you know. Oh, she she grown. You know, the little girl might be doing a little Yeah. roll, You know, no, she's not grown. She's imitating somebody.
0: She <laughs> Dang, imitating exactly,
1: somebody grown. <laughs> so, Thank you. Um,
0: <laughs>
1: I feel differently about that. I also am in child peer like you, so I feel differently when they be like, "Oh, she went under the table with the little boy." They fresh. No, we fresh because we know what it's about. Exactly. They what they under the table doing? We fresh. They under the table playing. Right. Mm-hmm. You understand know what right. I'm saying? Okay.
0: So we put that, that
1: idea enjoyable. in their head. <laughs> right. Yeah. We we tell them and Man. we go Ooh, and we make a big deal out of it. Now we don't make yeah, that yep. natural um, innocent behavior something other. Yep. Yeah.
0: Yes. That's so Man. true. Everything you just said, Mamas, is so true. Um I, I do believe that adultification can play a part in it. It's like, the role reversing. But I think also because we project our fears onto them, you know what I'm saying, because uh-huh. of things that happened to us growing up. Because, like, uh-huh. my grandmother was from down south, and, like, a lot of incest stuff went on. So she didn't like for a boy and a girl. You could be related. She did not like we all to sleep in the same bed. And I remember growing uh-huh. up and having my nephew and um, – my ex, my, he was my boyfriend at the time, but we're not together anymore. But his brother was over sometimes, and they would play video games. And his brother was like, it was like a three or four year difference. My my nephew had to be eight. His brother had to be like 12 or 13. But I felt bad for having that thought. Like, I mm. hope they're not, I hope they're being innocent out there. I hope he's not touching him. Because you just never know. But I like how you said, Mama.
1: Yeah, I like how you
0: said, Mama. How you explain to your daughter instead of yelling at her. Mm-hmm. Because mm-hmm. I think like when you put a fear into a child, it's like okay. Like we we think yelling at them and being strict is going to help. Mm-hmm. And then you have situations mm-hmm. where a guy will come along and talk you out your panties, and then you a teenage mom. Because my mom tried to mm-hmm. be strict with this because she became a teenage mom, so she felt mm-hmm. like if she. You know, like took it away from me and like cast me off. And no, curiosity kills the cat. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Curiosity yeah. gets the best of us. Mm-hmm. So that's my take right. on it. Like we project our fears too. We
1: definitely do. I fully yeah. agree with that. Yeah. I as a as a mother of a daughter, I will definitely say I. This has been a journey for me. I had to unlearn everything, and the fact that mm-hmm. society already sees our toddlers. You know, mm-hmm. and never innocent. It's sad because it's like your baby. What what are they doing? What you know? Mm-hmm. Their mm-hmm. the, the thought process, their thought process has not even started yet. You know, we're project like y'all said. We're projecting our fears onto them. That's making them grow. They're watching somebody or they're mimicking something. They're sponges at this age. So how dare you already say that they're not innocent when they're like two? Like mm. we. Ha- it, it's sad. It, it's really sad. And when I was reading an article. Um, the guy. It was on the Washington Post. He was actually interviewing a black mom, and she, uh, they lived in a predominantly white area, and it it came to the point where she, her daughter was always singled out. Um, even if the daughter didn't do anything, she was singled out because she was black. Uh, the first oh, incident oh. was the dad didn't want uh the black girl over because the mom overheard him saying, "Oh, she's too fast," but it was just because the girl had started developing. So um, mm-hmm. this was like in her eighth grade. She had already had a chest and she already had mm-hmm. a, a butt. And the dad was mm-hmm. like, oh, no, she's too fast to hang out with my daughter. So the mom wouldn't let her hang out. So she started letting the girls hang back out. They ended up, this was in their high school year. I think she said that they were like uh, juniors. And mm-hmm. they went. She, her daughter went to a sleepover. She dropped her daughter off. And about two hours into the sleepover, they got a call. It was uh, some weed found at the uh, house. Now, all of the little white girls, she was the only black girl, all the little white girls were glossy-eyed and giggling, couldn't stop laughing. The black girl was the only one sitting in the living room, and they were shouting. And the mom was like, well, did you see my daughter bring it in? You know, did she smoke this? But see, all the white girls were telling her, yeah, you know, it was her. But then it later came out that it was the daughter who, who threw the party have mm. to blame her because she was the only black girl. And they was like, yeah, this is something your type would do. Like, what do you mean? Oh, wow. Your daughter is high. Mm. S- sir, yeah, do leave me alone. <laughs> yeah. But yeah. she knew, you know, she, like, and, but the mom eventually caught up with the girl because the girl came the next day and tried to apologize and she was like, the mom said she seen her at the door before she could even ring the doorbell and she was like, uh-uh, what you did was foul. Don't you ever come back around my child again. Mm-hmm. But it's just like, and one of the girls was like, "Oh my god!" Because another little white girl, she didn't go to the sleepover. She was like, "They just did that because you're the only black one." And they said that's what black people do. Like it, it's so mm-hmm. crazy that they already got us stereotyped even when we're young. Like yeah. Tyler, really? We're grown at two. How you? You know they don't care, but, you but you know. if we're young or anything else. That don't matter. Right. yeah, especially when it comes to that race thing if you black you're black it don't matter how you are yeah, I see. you born black you're black I see. that's it so we putting all that all that negative energy right on you so that's a whole different combo but i'm telling you oh Yo. okay um so that leads me into my next question um referring back to the last okay so our last as a woman question we went over how mothers are tougher on their girls and uh our tough runner girls, do you think that we are like this because we know all of what they will face as a black child? They already over sexualize our bodies and think our attitudes and passions is grown. Are we just oh. equipping our daughters for the world? Is that why we're so tough on them? <sighs> I think I think we are equipping our daughters for the world. But I think we only go by our experience. We don't know what it's like to be a black man or, you know, a man in general. We don't know what it's like to be a man. But we know what it's like to be a woman. So I think that, um, so even with my, you know, with my twin situation, and they the same exact age, um, I still do feel like I go a little harder on my daughter. But I also Mm -hmm. feel like, I also feel like though, so it's kind of a, if my son showed as much potential as my daughter, I would go just as hard as on him. So my thing is about mm. wasting potential. So, um, and I feel like, you know, but as parents, we kind of, we don't want our children to go through the same things we went through. So as as identifying as a, as a black female, and you have a daughter, so you have a daughter a son, you're probably going to give her a little bit more difficulty just because you don't understand what it's like to be a man. And they face their own yeah. set of um, unique circumstance, But because you haven't lived them, it's harder for you to go as hard in that realm. You still might be a great parent to your son and prepare him um, for the things he'll have to face, but it, it still doesn't resonate with you as a life circumstance. So I just think that's I think that um, it can be kind of go back to what I initially said, where we kind of coddling our boys. I think it's it's like um, a spectrum. Some women are just going to not expect anything of their son. Then, there's some women oh, that yeah. just don't um, that just don't know what it's like to be a man, so they they give their daughter everything that, that they have, and that so she's going to be you know a, held to a little higher standard. Um, mm-hmm. So I think there's a spectrum of it, but I think that we need to try to even out that spectrum. Um, I work on that daily. I think, you know, and I I can say that in my own personal journey I have come a long way with it, Um, having, you know, opposite sex, the same exact age, And I and then the more the less that he was doing, the more pressure I would put on her and I had to check myself and say, Wait a minute now. Um mm-hmm. they're the same age and I need to be expecting yeah. the same thing. And and yeah. when I did that and now, you know, and she hates it though. She hates that he is her equal now. She can't stand it. And he can go in there <laughs> and, and cook up a meal too, but I, but, but that's because I put some expectations on him as well, uh, when I realized I was, I was kind of doing him a disservice by like saying, "Oh, your sister got it," um, and for me mm-hmm, as a parent, mm-hmm. it I guess I wasn't kind of putting it on sex, but it was like, she was the one stepping up. But that's the one, what we do, you know, as women, we step up. But I had to realize okay. that as long as she step up, he gonna step back. So yeah um you know that so once again i'm related to to the parenting but we also have to understand that people are a product of circumstance and what they live so if your life was like this you know if it was a green green person you want to have more information to give a green person you know that's just what i'm saying so i feel like as women we feel like we have more information to give to our daughters um so we but we have to be careful how we translate that information Yeah, I agree with you. Um, With me and my daughter, I would definitely say that – oh, goodness, what was I going with this? I feel like I'm trying to equip her for what I've already experienced. And it's not to say that she's going to go through what I experienced, but I will make sure she's prepared. But then again, it gives – I'm too tough on her, I feel like. I don't have to be that tough on her. And I do, I did find myself coddling my son more and not letting him handle stuff. They should be on the same playing field because one, oh, no. he's older than her, but I oh. just don't want my daughter. And I think it also really stems from me being a single mom and having to handle this on my own. I want her to be just as strong, you know. Um, but I had to realize what I experienced is not going to be what she experienced. I can teach her. Yeah but I can also be molding her to be something better, you know? And I think that's where it comes from with me being overly tough. I, I do have to – I do find myself like, okay, calm yourself down, sis. She only she only nine, you know. No, leave the girl alone. But um, I do do feel like most of it is to – the part that really plays a, part, a factor in this is the fact that I'm a single mom and I see everything I have to go through, and I just don't want my daughter oh – yeah, yes, to ever have step or to ever have to depend on anybody, you know, or to go through anything. So it's just my own mindset for so, you. Yeah. Gotcha. Okay. Thanks. Um. Yeah, that leads me into my final question. Um. Do you think social media is playing a downfall when it comes to us raising our black daughters? I know. I think we already touched on it, but mm-hmm. can you give us a little more insight. Um. So I do feel like I said a lot about it. Is it playing a downfall? Only if you allow it. That's how I feel. So I didn't let my kids on social media. So they're 14. They've probably been on for like two years um, now. Um, And initially I said, well, I let my daughter get one first because she does, like, art and and photography. I said, this is a business page. You post only that. Um, Mm. And then I let them, you know, my son get one and I let them go ahead and um, you know, socialize on there. But I feel like mm-hmm. social media is only a downfall um, if you haven't set your child up for success. And success and don't get me wrong, you still gonna have challenges, um, because you are competing mm-hmm. with society and social media on a daily basis. Um but I feel like if you start instilling the right things in them from birth of what's important and what's not important, just in general, I'm talking about, mm-hmm. um, you know, just in general. Like say, you know, you're a person that do like designer stuff, right? You want you want to buy your kids designer stuff. That's fine, mm-hmm. buy it, but don't put a don't put a emphasis on it. I got you Gucci this and Gucci that. You buy it because that's what you want mm-hmm. to see your children in. Just like if you was gonna buy them. Nike's or Walmart. You buy it because that's what you like. Don't You don't instill the value of that thing into that. So yeah. uh, what you feel the value is or what the world feels the value is, right? You just get it because that's what you like. Um, mm-hmm. So I feel like that's the same thing when it comes to this bigger social media picture. If you already have given the kids the things that are valuable, like you can't explain to them what's valuable in life, love, happiness, um, success, doing the right thing just through general practice and parenting when they encounter mm-hmm. social media they're still going to be intrigued by it but their underlying yeah. foundation of what's important won't allow social media to take over because those things aren't obvious yeah. to them that part that's
0: part. okay
1: that was answered well. Like I agree with everything you said. Um, it, it won't have a downfall if we don't allow it. That's that's can't nothing else follow that. That's it right there. Yeah. <laughs> Only if we allow, we gotta keep fighting back, right? That's it. Yeah, gotta keep on fighting back. Okay, um, that was a dope segment. Nope. We gonna mm-hmm. jump right into the as a woman question complex. What's the question?
0: Okay, so the as a woman question this week is. Um, As a woman, is it best to still continue your daily routine even when on vacation, like whatever you do in the morning before you start the day?
1: (laughs) Gotcha. So, all right, so in the morning I try to um, definitely stretch, meditate, and pray, right? So that's like my morning routine. Mm -hmm. Sometimes I add a little extra self-care in there. um, But so in my my morning is kind of just getting my mind and my – my mind together, my body together. I'm getting older. I need to do some things and make sure I can start my day off without um, without overload. Because if I start and I just jump right up and get to the rat race, I'm gonna have a headache. So I try to get myself together the to, mm-hmm. to basis for the day. I feel like on vacation, I don't need to do those things um, because the day is okay. just gonna be much more pleasant. So the only um, so I don't need to kind of stretch so much, you know. Unless I was drinking a lot. You know, so certain things go out the window. The only thing that's consistent is I'm definitely going to pray. I'm always going to pray. I'm always going to thank God for that day that never goes out the window. But a lot of my other self-care uh, routines, morning routines, I do away with on vacation because I feel like that's the point of vacation. <laughs> um, the point of vacation gotcha. is to be free of all, um, you know, all other factors. You're just vacationing. That's <laughs> <Yeah>, true. <laughs> that's right. That's self-love itself. <laughs> yeah i i feel the same way um but then again i don't know I, i'm kind of like in the middle i do feel like you do still need that time you know just to stay in the routine because i know me if i go a day or two without my normal routine that's it i'm done i'm oh, all okay I, it's gonna be hard <laughs> to get me back on there. i'm not gonna wait oh, no, like, oh, anyway, i'll be all right so okay. i feel okay. like with me personally i have to continue my routine even okay. on a vacation vacation, because I'll, I'll lose track that's just i'm it's good well, you know yourself you know you got to keep you got to push through through
0: all call um so i'll answer really quick due to time and uh thank you ladies by the way but no queen K, you actually inspired me for this because i remember when you had came down to visit and we was at the airbnb like she still mm-hmm. stuck to her morning routine me I meditate, I like to listen to podcasts, but I'm slowly coming out of a people-pleasing state, and, you know, Mm -hmm. back in the day, anytime I listen to weird music, people are like, Tasha, what the hell are you listening to? So I still get in my head that if I'm listening to my podcast, somebody's going to be like, do we have to listen to this? But I'm slowly getting out of of that mindset and just, you know, realizing it's all about what makes you happy. Fuck what other people think around you. So um, mm-hmm. I do want to continue to do that, like, even on my vacation. But like you said, it is a vacation. But I feel like that is – I do that to help me get into the right mindset because my job mm-hmm. can be very stressful. Mm-hmm. These assholes on the road can be very stressful. So mm-hmm. doing that helps me. And, you know, it will help me on a vacation too. But, I mean, honestly, being – when I travel regardless, i would be happy. You know what I'm saying? I don't see exactly. myself being in a shitty mood. But – morning routine does help. So thank you, ladies, for answering
1: that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. No problem. Okay, yes. so we're going to jump right into the girl I see you moment. Mamas, you have the floor first so you can okay. highlight yourself and your businesses and let everybody know where they can find you. Okay. Mm-hmm. I, girl I see you moment. I like the name of the day. Too. So, <laughs> you know, it's so hard. Uh, my latest business venture, uh, which is – um don't beat around the bush, uh another way yes. that I'm keeping just true and honest to myself, like I said I've been in childcare and social work and those things are very true to um myself as well um and in those platforms, I always am promoting um self discovery discovery self awareness um self confidence self esteem and and the bush actually is not much different it's just for adults and not for children so in this realm um The Bush is – I'll start with our mission statement since I posted it today. Um, It's promoting self-fulfillment and freedom through exploration, education, and communication. Sexual freedom is an art, and we encourage everyone to paint their own candles. And what that Mm -hmm. essentially means is we are just being very – we created a safe place for everybody to be explorative. Um, there's absolutely no sexual um happenings in the bush. I mean there's no sex, there's not a swingers club, anything like that. But we have. you know, I'm <laughs> having to clarify this on like a consistent basis. So let me I say absolutely no sex in the bush. Um, as I said, I mean other fields that uh, you know, require me to definitely keep it wholesome and morale but I I'm all about people exploring and um and for finding their happiness. I feel like a lot of our downfall is that we pass on, because they're related back to what we already talked about, we pass on so much of what we were taught was right, mm-hmm. like, what we were taught to do. And those things don't even really make us happy. And we never figure out what mm-hmm. thing makes us happy, what we really are supposed to be doing. So and I feel like that, mm-hmm. that um, carries over to sexually and why so many people aren't in fulfilled relationships um, and there's so much to So um, the bush was actually built out of that. I don't say it a whole lot. I've been married for like 11 years. It was built out of the fact that I I love black families and I love black marriage and I love black couples. And I feel like everybody um, would communicate, be willing to negotiate and explore. Um, Even in that area, we would have a lot more happy black families. So that's what I created the bush out of, um, a love for people of color, wanting us to just be able to um, have these safe spaces where, you know, I would look up different things um, that I was interested in sexually, and I wouldn't be able to find anything for us. It would always be, you know, our counterparts. And not that we can't go, but everything that applies for them don't necessarily apply for us. So I felt like, you know, there's no in between a strip club and a swinger club, so I decided to create that space where you have fun Uh, We have girls' nights. We teach um, erotic classes. We have erotic live demonstrations. Um, A little bit of everything on a sensual, sexual playing field besides sex. So every event is from a zero to a ten. It just depends on where you want to fit in.
0: That's it. Mm. I need to come to (laughs) the class.
1: Listen. Wait, wait. I, I guess I need to put our so our social media handle. I'm, not, I'm so not good at promoting stuff. So, but you can tell that's not my area. This is this is a new business for me. I'm not good with the marketing thing. I just do what's genuine to me. But our um, social media handle is um, at the bush with two extra H's. So it's T-H-E-B-U-S-H-H-H, mm-hmm. Um, as if you were saying. Sh- and uh, we also have a website because we sell because I didn't say this we sell adult toys. That is, um, most of while we have people come out to our space to explore the adult toys um, and hopefully bring something home to be able to keep their home together and nobody has to step out. Our website is don't around the bush. dot com. Also with the two extra H's, so that's don't around dot com. And we're located at 214 South 60th Street in West Philadelphia.
0: Of course, you just listen. You got Detroit listeners. You about to have them come out.
1: <laughs> <laughs> that's right. So well, that's. The goal. I'm one of we them. Wanna make it, we want to make it a little tourist experience where you come to Philly and you definitely come to Bush for a good time.
0: Yes, that's right. Thank you so much, Mama's. I you. appreciate you wholeheartedly. Um, I'm going to mute you so we can finish up the rest of the show. If you want to stay on the list and listen, you can. Um, if not, okay. you know, i understand you're a busy woman. You know, what I'm saying you. No, you probably up, I probably stay on.
1: Stay tuned in while I'm at my computer. But I want to thank you, ladies, for allowing me on the show. It was beautiful to no discuss some of
0: these I appreciate it. No problem. I'll have to finish audio for you by tomorrow.
1: Okay. No problem.
0: All right. Take care.
1: You too. Bye, guys. Bye.
0: Bye. That She was so dope. So dope.
1: <laughs> yes, she is. I
0: gotta come out.
1: Girl, I was typing said. in the website while she was telling me. I was like, <laughs> All right. Hold up. <laughs> <laughs>
0: I already see a toy on there that I want. It's the little, little tongue vibrator one. I definitely want that. Listen, I got my eye on that. Yeah, which one that? That's a black one with the. I see. I I guarantee. She is on the
1: website for real. I was on the website. <laughs> I was on there. I just had to make sure I saved it to my favorites. You know, got to make sure. Got to support. Yes. Anyway. Right. Um, Okay, so we're going to segue right into, oh, I'm sorry, Complex. Do you got anybody you want to
0: ha- put in the highlight tonight? Uh, I just wanted to highlight women out there who are trying to unlearn their toxic ways, Um, you know, especially for women, like, in their 30s. Don't let Kevin Samuels make you feel like if you're single and still trying to get it together that it's too late for you to get married. Everybody is unlearning and unpacking. Age is nothing but a number. Um, I see your growth mm-hmm. and, you know, like this you know what I'm saying, like, listen, I'm out here with you unlearning, unpacking as well. It's been an emotional week, but listen, we're going to get to it. What yes,
1: about you? Girl. Um, girl. Let me see. I'm going to highlight Mama, for one. Um, <laughs> I, I've i always been timid when it comes to uh, speaking about sex in public or in general, and um, I just like any woman that's free to express it. Like, that's yes. dope. That's that level of confidence, that level of power, like, that's unmatched. So I definitely see you, girl. Um, yes, I met Anybody her like her.
0: A, I see you. Yes. I met her at an um, erotic trip and paint uh, event. And I was like, dog, she's so dope, you know, because she was so open with it. I feel like that's something that a lot of women carry in the black community. We carry a lot of shame with sex, you know what I'm saying, Mm -hmm. or we're so numb to the point of just, like, we we don't realize that we have a say-so in it and that, you know, you don't have to be quiet. Just because you're sexually free doesn't mean that you have to give it to every person. If you want to, that's fine, but you still have control. So I thank her for changing the narrative. She's really dope, yeah. Yeah, she's dope.
1: Okay, so we're going to jump right into the A-Yo, ask Queen K. Complex, do you have anything to ask?
0: not this week you got anything <laughs>
1: um okay so i'm gonna say this uh and i know i'm probably gonna have a lot of people jump down my back um uh-uh. but i got two things to say one one thing really spoke out to me um when you have and i'm only speaking out to speaking out because i know that there's other people that probably experience this I don't really experience it, but I'm just to let it be known. When your brother has babies by another counterpart and is multiple baby mamas, you guys cannot expect the family to play the role of the father. We can do what we mm. can. We can love on the child. But at the end of the day, we will never replace their father. I don't care how much we do. And I feel like we should get some type of appreciation or a thank you instead of you down our throats when we something don't go your way with the child's father. That's a grown man. I can't do nothing about it. I can't. Or that's a grown woman. I can't do nothing about it. But at the end of the day, I can love on my niece and nephew. And it's like the first thing people want to do is try to take the child away. Okay, honey, now you're just hindering that child. For what? I'm still an active auntie. Let me be an active auntie. So that's one thing. And then my other thing is, okay, I understand. um, Okay, so I was told Happy Father's Day. Not only was I told that by my sister, I was told that by um, my son, my youngest son's grandmother, and as well as his father. Now, their reasoning was because I've, I've been playing the part as both. I don't feel like I've been playing a part of a father because I'm not a man. I cannot be a man. That's not going to happen. Mm-hmm. I've just been a mother. That's it. And by the grace of God, I've been able to raise these kids by myself. So I felt kind of uneasy So, y'all, just be Mm -hmm. kind of careful with that. Like, I don't really like when men get the Mother's Day. Okay, yeah, sure, you're the only active parent in the child's life, but you are only playing your role, you know, and God is helping you with whatever you fall short. So I I I didn't feel too comfortable with the Happy Father's Day thing. So, yeah, that's Mm -hmm. just me. That's what I got to say. I mean, I don't know how y'all feel about that. We could talk about it. Y'all already know what to do. DM <laughs> us on Things of the Vision or comment below. You know, hey. Yeah. Um, so yeah, no, that's that's how pick, I feel. I just need to get that
0: off my chest. To piggyback on what you said before about the um realizing like that's the grown man like you know like we're not responsible for him. I think I don't. I'm talking about like not the fatherhood thing, but about the uh being an active auntie. I feel like mm-hmm. people don't understand. Like they feel like as family. You should step up and tell that person that they're being an anxious. That when it really comes down to it, you know what I'm saying. We think that yeah. family, we think that family can make somebody change their mind, but a person's going to do what they want to do. We can talk to okay. a person that they're doing the face, but like you said, they're grown. So yeah, I respect it. Yeah,
1: yeah. Because I did my part. I tell you. My siblings ain't shit. They know it. I told <laughs> So you after that, okay? So But yeah, that, I mean, hey. I, I like to keep it honest. Okay, I tell you I ain't shit. But hey, you still wanna deal with me? <laughs> all right then. But,
0: yeah,
1: that oh, is God. my um I got something to say or my ask queen K segment. Now we're gonna go ahead and go with complex and she's gonna give us that no apology thought followed by that self affirmation. Go ahead, Complex.
0: So I got to the no-apology thought. My first two are um, be thankful for the growth you have made and be gentle with yourself. I say that to say, like, we, we can be so hard on ourselves and, you know, we, we, we can beat ourselves up for things not working out. And, you know what I'm saying, like, we can just sit up there and just focus on this is where I want to be at. Like, really be gentle mm-hmm. with yourself. You're going to make mistakes on this self-love journey, and I'm really – figuring that out. You're going to ponder on things that you shouldn't ponder about, but just like learn to be gentle. We, we are our worst critic, and we need to pour into ourselves more and love each other. And mm-hmm. um, with that being said, this last one uh, is believing yourself and love yourself to the point where it becomes irrelevant if others believe in you or not. At the end of the day, your source of drive and motivation is within. It is you. It is your purpose. So I'm going to rip a little band off. um I got somebody to review my book. No apologies. Uh, This was a person that has, like, I think 25K, like 25.5 thousand followers on Instagram, and um, she butchered the shit out of my book. She gave me two out of five (laughs) stars, and Mm. um, you know, she basically said that it was triggering for her, that it was too many, the the N-word was used too much. You know, she was a, a Caucasian woman, but I don't chuck it up to that. I just It it beat me up. You know, I'm very sensitive about my shit, but I had to tell myself, you know, at the end of the day, she probably can't relate to what it's like to be in an abusive relationship, so it probably was too much for her. Um, I had other people telling me, you know, when it comes to this book, maybe you shouldn't put so much, like, cussing in it. You could probably get your point across, but no, I had to to write it the way it was because that's how I saw it. You know what I'm saying? That's what happened Mm -hmm. with my story. And you know, I just had to basically chuck it up. Everybody not gonna like what you make. It's all about how you feel. So you know, like yeah. that that shit knocked me down for a couple of days. But you know what? I'm like, I do it for my I do it for my target audience. I do it for the women who are still in abusive relationship, who are coming out of it. I do it for people who are trying to break generational curses. So yeah, I yeah. bounce back from it. You know what I'm saying? And um, it is what it is. You know, like hey. I am a I am a little bit tender to let the next person review it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe maybe <laughs> I'm stopping myself. I gotta get out of my head, but it's one day at a time with that. But um I've been like really emotional. So I did a self affirmation. I created one for myself. Um I'm reading and then we're gonna get out of here. I just gotta go to Instagram, y'all, bear with me. This has been a crazy ass week. So, um you I've been watching Pastor Charles. I've been watching Pastor Charles on uh, Transformation Church. You know, Pastor Mike Todd is out. And um, I've been watching the Paradox of Purpose uh, series. And um, after the first one, I came up with this affirmation. I said, I owe no one anything but God. I'm not in control of anyone but myself. I will become what God has called me to be. I'm not perfect, and I never will claim to be. And, um, yeah, yeah, it was just something that I needed to... I have to repeat it to myself every day because, like I said, I'm slowly coming out of people pleasing state where I feel like I feel bad when I say no, and my no can't be my no a lot, and I don't set I don't stand on the boundaries that I set. So I have to repeat this to myself a lot. Like I don't owe anyone anything, but God, and I'm not in control of anyone because I try to be in control of everything, and I try to strive for perfection. So, um, yeah, that's my self Uh I'm just gonna wrap it up. I feel myself getting emotional again. So with that being said, I'm Complex Angel. I'm the Vibe.
1: And I'm Queen K. I'm the Vision.
0: And y'all, peace and love. We are out. Peace and love.